Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. Two kinds of people in the room. Those who went to Winter Advance and those who didn't. This applies to both slightly different ways. So you need to hang with me no matter which group you find yourself in. For those of you who are at Winter Advance, you might be thinking, okay, I learned something. I'm going to do something. I went home and I was like, okay, I'm going to make this change in my life. Uh, and then there are others of you that are like, ah, I heard some good stuff. You know, I took some notes. You know, maybe if I get around to it this week, I'll, you know, look through them again and think about it. Right? Uh, then there are those of you who didn't go. Uh, but uh, most weeks you're faithful to come here or to the main building and hear some kind of message or you, you, know, you have a personal devotion time and you, you know, read through something and you're like, oh, man, I really need to work on that. And then what happens after that, right? What happens after winter advance? What happens after a Sunday school or a, a, a main service message? What do we do? Well, I want to submit to you today that in my experience as a youth pastor, we need to act quick, not just as a youth pastor, as a, as a person. One of the reasons is because our memories are short, and then when we go, see, uh, a lot of times when we go on retreats or, or things, we get kind of up on like a mountaintop experience. Um, if you've ever been on a mountaintop, you know that they're not very big. Most of the rest of the world is not the mountain, and you're usually somewhere other than the mountaintop. And so while you're on the mountain and you're, you know, you're, feel, you're soaring high, close to God and feeling that way, there are things that you feel, there, 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 there's uh, attitudes of the heart, strength of the will, I'm going to take over the world for God kind of ideas. And then uh, as that starts to uh, phase, you start to walk back down the mountain into the valley where most of life is lived, and you cool off spiritually, the... The, the willpower, the desire, the inertia that you had going up, it just kind of fades with it, and you end up not really any further along than you were before you got up on the mountain. And so I think uh, my, my message to you today is to act fast to, or on the decisions that you made. Now, maybe you, you went to an advance and you, you're like, well, I didn't really come away with anything specific that I intended to implement in my life. Well, you know we talk about things all the time here to implement in our lives, and it may not have been covered exactly in winter advance, but uh, here we are at the new year. Have you, uh, have you had that conversation with God about your prayer life? How's that going? How's your prayer life? Do you pray regularly? Do you have a list? At winter advance, Daryl Smith said that he has a prayer list and six people are on that prayer list all the time. Six people he is praying for that they would come to know Jesus. Do you have something like that? If not, maybe God wants you to do that. You should be praying for the lost if six is the right number or if three is the right number. I don't know. But there's something 
right? Something to act on before you get back down into the valley. How about Bible reading? Uh, sometimes we look at the Bible, it's a big book, and we say, I don't know where to start. Should I, you know, start in Genesis and try to go all the way through? Are you kidding me? That would take forever. I don't suggest that. If you've never read through the Gospels before, I'd start there. And, and, and what about, you know, okay, so a chapter a day. Could we lock that in before everything cools off? What is it for you? What is, maybe it's uh, something you're trying to get rid of out of your life. That there's something negative there, and you're like, uh, God really convicted me that this part of my life is ruining my testimony, and I can't really share my faith effectively because people... People are used to me, you know, having the worst mouth, or, uh, uh, you know, I can't seem to stay out of gossip circles, or whatever it is, maybe there's something that you need to, to work on getting out of your life rather than putting into your life. There's always things to put in, but things to take out as well. Um... Matthew chapter 8, look at verse 21. Maybe I should turn there too. All right, 21. It says this. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And then the inference there is, and then I'll follow you, right? Let me first go bury... I'll follow you, but first, okay? But first... Let me go and bury my father. Now, his father wasn't dead. Maybe his father was sick. Maybe his father was older. Maybe his father had some tragic injury and was declining. Or maybe he was in perfect health and he wasn't all that old. But the idea was, is I have this family situation and I'd love to follow you and do what you're saying. But, right, there's a but. There. Man, we need a new microphone. $600 isn't enough to pay for a decent mic, apparently. Um, so, you know, what's this guy, he's like, you know, I love the idea of following you, Jesus, but there's something in the way. Have you ever had that happen in your life? You're like, well, I'd love to start my devotions. I mean, you know, but 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 school, or I'd love to um, do this or that. I'd love to sign up for this, or I'd love to uh, try to find time to make acquaintances with people that need Jesus. But this, or but that, or I'd love. It all sounds like wonderful stuff, but. And there's some reason or excuse for us. And so this guy's like, but my father, I got to go bury my father. And Jesus is like, no, let the, uh, follow me now, do, do now, do it now, right? And leave the dead to bury their own dead. And that's, that sounds a little harsh, but Jesus is quite aware of our tendency to have these wonderful feelings, like, oh, I'll follow you. And then get distracted, and then it never happens. So is there something in your life that's keeping you on the sideline instead of getting in the game? 
If so, what is it? I was in Williamsburg, Virginia uh, a number of years ago with our family. Anybody ever been to Williamsburg, Virginia? What? Come on. Williamsburg is one of those old historic towns that uh, is, is set up to be like it was in the colonial days. And so even the people that work there uh, are dressed in period clothing, like, um, you know, those high knicker pants with the belt buckle shoes, like, and, and all uh, that, that uh, 1700s dress. And um, so you walk around, and they have all these interesting things, and you talk to the people, and they'll explain, you know, if they were a butcher, you know, what they would have, how it would have worked during the colonial days, and, and that would be great. I was fascinated, um, and so was Andrew. Um, we, we, we got over to the blacksmith. And uh, it, was, it was really fascinating because, I mean, if you've ever seen a blacksmith work, you know that they uh, take the iron and they stick it in the fire. And then as it heats, it changes color and it starts to glow. And then they pull it out and then they take a, a hammer and they have the, um, the anvil there and then they put the hot iron that's glowing and they, they pound it with the hammer and, and, and shape it that way. And then after, you know, several hits, uh, they'll stick it back in the fire, wait a little bit more, pull it back out, and they'll hit it some more. Why do they put it in the fire? Because, have you ever tried to shape iron that was cool? I mean, uh, it doesn't really happen because, you know, it's, it's super hard. But when you heat it up sufficiently, it gets soft and moldable enough. And then you can pound it into and shape it into all kinds of useful stuff. And so uh, there, there's a phrase, I don't know if you've heard it, but it comes out of that concept. And, and the idea is... Uh, uh, to, to do things promptly, and we say, uh, strike while the iron is hot. Strike while the iron's hot. It's like you only have a certain window of time where it's moldable, and then it cools, and it's not flexible anymore. It's not malleable, as we would say it is. And, <coughs> excuse me, when we think about our hearts... Our hearts warm to the concepts of the gospel. They, they are more sensitive to what Jesus would have us do. Our ears are tuned to his voice, and we're like, yes, Lord, what is it? And then uh, we, we think, if, if we could make the mistake of thinking that we'll always stay like that, but we won't. We won't. It's just not the way things live. Let's contrast. Go back a couple of pages to Matthew chapter 4. Verse 18. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, this is Jesus, walking. He saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, 
casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me. So just like the other guy that we were just looking at. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And I don't know what it says in your Bible, but the next word in my Bible is the word immediately. You notice that? Immediately. They left their nets and followed him. And I don't know if they had any concept of the principle that I'm talking about this morning, but they ended up following Jesus for three years, became apostles, and lived their lives, and, and, and had a powerful impact on the world for the gospel, because they immediately left their nets and followed. They didn't wait. They didn't say, I'm a teenager. That's for adults. No. Uh, Daryl Smith was talking about several people uh, that are key historical figures in our, our church's history. And some of them were uh, impacted at really important events when they were teenagers and went on to do great things for God. And so when your life is all out in front of you, and your future is still moldable, ask yourself the question, what is God wanting me to do now that I can immediately follow so that he can continue to direct me? How do I stay moldable? Strike while the iron is hot. Um, a possible hang-up in all of this would be, I just don't feel anything right now. You know, it's like, <sighs> some people had that mountaintop experience, and they, you know, they, they went to winter advance, or they've listened to the messages, or they've had, and they, and they just have this burning desire inside of them. Their heart is warm, and, and mine just doesn't feel that way. I feel like, I went to winter advance and nothing happened, and it was just, I don't know, I just feel cold. I never got up on the mountain. I stayed in the valley. Well, listen to what C.S. Lewis says to answer that situation. The Christian, uh, let's see, he uses the word society. We'll call it the church. Uh, is not going to grow in numbers and, and, ex, and influence and things like that until most of us really want it, right? That, that desire, that warm heart, go God, let's follow him kind of attitude. But we're not going to want it until we become fully Christian. May I repeat, or I'm sorry, uh, I may repeat, do unto others as you would want them done to you till I am blue in the face, but I can't really carry it out until I love my neighbor as myself. I can't learn to love my neighbor as myself till I learn to love God, and I cannot learn to love God except by learning to obey him. So what is he saying? He's saying that if you don't have love in your heart, you don't have that 
sense of elevated emotional attention or, or connection with God. Do what he says anyway. Follow him anyway. If, if, if you know what it is that God wants you to do because you read his word and it says things, follow it. Do it. Regardless of how you feel. And it says, he's saying, I think from personal experience, that as we learn to obey God, we find that the desire increases over time because we see the wisdom of following God. We see the results of following God. We see the answered prayer when we follow God. And when we step out in faith, how he comes in and supports us and lifts us up and draws us closer to himself. And the fewer barriers, sin-wise, there are between you and God, the more the feelings of relational closeness will come into your life. And so, regardless of whether you're here this morning with a warm heart from winter advance or one that's been cool in the valley for a long time, you have something to think about this morning. Will I follow him immediately? Will I act now while I'm thinking about it? You know, that blacksmith, he puts the iron in the fire and he pulls it out and within 30 seconds to a minute, you can't hit it anymore. That's a fast cooling process. In my experience, oftentimes if I leave the room, it's too late. Sometimes I need to just sit and deal with whatever issues in my heart before I get up and leave or it won't happen. Because as soon as I stand up, conversation, distraction, and we never get back to thinking about it. I love how God can sometimes bring things back to me in strange moments, and I know that's the Holy Spirit working inside me, but there are certainly moments where we have missed the opportunity to let God shape us because we didn't do something immediately about it. There's another group, a final group of people in the room. You're like, okay, I understand your point. I need to, my, my heart is, is uh, open to, to what God, I'm feeling like I'm in a place right now where I, I, I want to do something. Or, or, you know, there's people in the room that know, all right, I'm, I'm still in the valley, but I understand if I, keep, if I get going all right, get the car moving. It'll 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 start to, to start to warm up, and it could help. The, the final group of people in the room that is like, all right, yes, I figured out which one of those categories I'm in, but I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. My suggestion to you is to not complicate things too much. Because right, you know how it is when, uh, especially for you older ones who are thinking about your futures because it's right on top of you, 
Like, oh, where am I going to go to college? Uh, uh, what am I going to do with my life? Uh, and you start freaking out, right? Because there's big decisions. We can sometimes do that with, with our relationship with God, too. It's like, oh, you know, instead of uh, simpler questions like, how can I rein in my tongue on a regular basis when I feel that anger inside of me? Instead of that, we're like, oh, okay, um, I'm supposed to listen for God. Okay, does he want to be, me to be a missionary in Africa today? Like, is that his plan for my... That's a huge deal. I mean, why not start with something a little smaller, a little more immediate in the, um, the outcomes, and, and then watch God work in your life and build up your faith, and then he can direct you more easily, all right? So don't go, you know, shoot the moon, as we say, right away. If you're sitting here like, I don't know where to start. You know, I would suggest that the best place for any Christian to start with their walk with the Lord, if they haven't been walking with the Lord, is to get a regular quiet time started in your life. When I was uh, 18, it was the summer before my, uh, my senior year of high school, I started a journal, right? And, I'm, and at that time, I still wasn't right with God. But I started a journal, and I didn't really know what to write in it. And so I'd just write about my day and blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, I got into a better group of friends at church, and we started hanging out together. And... Um, there were some things that they said to me that I was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I need to spend a little bit more time doing, like, Bible reading with my, my, my journaling. And so I did that, and I started to track what I was reading in the Bible at the top of my little journal entries. I've been journaling ever since. And my journaling and my it drives me to do my devotions. I have a regular record of it, and I'm telling you, it wasn't anything profound that started it off. It was just getting out a little blank notebook and just starting writing in it, and that's what it was for me. I don't know what it'll be for you. Uh, maybe it'll be uh, you know the the reminder by putting your Bible out on your on, on your nightstand by your bed. And maybe even having it open so that when you see it, you know what it is. This is the next passage I need to read. I don't know what it is for you, but you can set yourself up for success by thinking, while the iron is hot, what can God do in me? All right, let's break up into some small groups and discuss it just a little bit further before we leave.